And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd. It's great to be joining you another week uh, this Tuesday, this fine Tuesday. We look at the weather. It's a beautiful day, and we're going to be talking about beautiful things today, so I'm so excited to have a guest on the program today, someone we've been looking forward to having for the last couple of weeks, and it's just in time for Mother's Day. Yes. When we're all thinking about things that are flowery and beautiful and loving and warm and nurturing, and that pretty much epitomises you, Amy Harrison. Oh, oh. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks I'm for coming trying. on the show. Now, you're from Art of the Flower. That's right. And you have many hats, which we're going to talk about today and talk about your journey. We love to talk about small biz journeys and how people arrive at their career that they're they're in now. Um, and, of course, what your passions are and, and uh, how you love to bring that to the local business community. So, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> now, take me through um, your background and, and what led, led you into this particular aspect. So, so you specialise in, in floral arrangements and also um, <clears throat> floral artistry classes. Don't let me put words in your no, mouth. No, no, that's you fine. Tell you, me. You're on the right track. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> my, my main um, special specialties are weddings, event floristry and workshops. So I actually became a floral teacher or a you know, florist teacher a number of years ago, but I started doing my own personal and, and private workshops through my business a couple of years before that. Mm-hmm. So I started off in the retail world, as most young girls do, fresh out of high school, and uh, sort of worked my way through um, doing the displays and the visual merchandising within the retail stores. Loved that side of you know, the creative side of retail, but also felt like I needed to be doing or I should have been doing more of an artistic side of things. My mum's actually an artist, so there is some creativity that runs through my blood. Um, And when I actually moved to London for a couple of years, I was inspired there with, you know, the amazing art and culture that oozes out of Europe. And actually an idea was put into my head by, by a fellow worker when I was working at a museum there, Victoria and Albert Museum, and she suggested becoming a florist, you know, sort of umming and ahhing about what are we going to do when we go back home. We're both Australians living in London. And I thought, "Mm, yes, floristry. Somehow out of nowhere, since I wasn't a bit of a big green thumb when I was young, uh, floristry just made sense to me. I think it was implementing design and in a way retail because you're working in a shop, you're selling a product, you're selling flowers, you know, the beauty, the nature. So I actually I came back to Australia, I enrolled in TAFE, I found a, a job at a local florist and 10 years later, I'm still going. Um, so I started my business uh, about four years after working for a number of florists. I've been in, in business now for six years. And I started a little shop, a gorgeous little shop called Art of the Flower in Balmain. So I I started from scratch. You know, I I had nothing except um, the idea and the vision. So I, you know, I had to buy my table and all my shelving and my little register. And it was, you know, it was scary that first sort of week of opening and just hoping and and willing that it it was all going to work. And slowly and surely it did. You know, I developed a nice customer base there. Um, and I sort of fell into the wedding side of, of things just due to my age. You know, people around me were getting married. Mm. They knew that I was a florist and I, they knew that I'd cut them a good deal, <laughs> which I did. And that sort of became the, the dominoes effect of doing weddings and then that carrying on to um, events later, later down the track. And also businesses around the area would do their weekly flowers too. Mm. So after actually a couple of years of, of having the shop... I decided to move into what's called a studio florist. So I'm out of the flower, floral design studio, due to circumstances somewhat out of my control, but in a way it it was the best thing that ever happened to actually... Take you to the new level. Yeah, absolutely, because mm. it, it allows me freedom to be able to 
um, you know, do things like this, meet my potential and, and future customers. So go to events and, and networking meetings, which is a great way to build your business. Um, rather than sort of sit in a shop and waiting for customers to come to me, I therefore actually go and seek out my own customers. I suppose that is something that people who move into retail may not realise without that, you know, the hindsight experience is that you are locked in, mm. especially since you may not be able to afford to have someone look after the shop for you at any one time. Yeah. You're there eight hours a day, 12 yeah. hours a day, probably more likely. Yeah, come Valentine's and, and yes. weddings. Yeah, the hours are slightly stretched. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you've got all the usual, um, you know, stretches and, and stresses that come with working as a small business, making sure you're meeting client demands. How are the bridezillas? <gasps> Look, I've, I haven't really, I know. You're it's lying the now. Question. No, You're no, lying. no. Look, all the brides have been pretty lovely, I've got to say, um, because I always have a consultation with them and I'm sort of chatting, you know, back and forward. And because I myself have been a bride, so I got married last July. Were you a bride sooner? God, go on, no, go on, God, Amy. God, no. no. <laughs> I was the perfect bride. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I, of course, did my own flowers. So I, you know, I chose to get married in winter, not because I absolutely love the cold, Purely because it's... You love the flowers. I, well, flowers last well in cooler climates. Huh. So it allowed me time to be able to do my flowers and plan everything else. Um, and I sort of think there's nothing worse than a bride or the groom sweating on their wedding day. You know, the makeup running, the hair going frazzled. So all these little ideas led me to have a winter wedding. And also it's it's a slightly quieter time in the floral world. Mm. So I could take a six-week honeymoon, mm, you know, mm. come back to work, spring, ready to go. So <laughs> tell me something. You know how, um, you know, anybody who's a... A, a doctor has really sick children and bookkeepers have really bad bookkeeping books. Mm. How are your flowers on your wedding? Were they as good as you would have produced for your clients? Um, or did you cut some corners? Probably not as good, actually. <laughs> I think because I had, you know, unlimited range and ideas, it was actually hard to sort of narrow down. What do I really want out of my wedding? Because you loved okay. all the flowers. I love all the yeah, flowers. All I'm the not colours. Even the gerberas, you know, the gerberas <laughs> get a bad rap or baby's breath. I didn't actually have any of those in my bouquet, but I sort of, I like very earthy, rustic kind of flowers. So I had my ceremonial park back in Balmain where I used to live. Um, and then followed by a, a sort of stand-up cocktail style lunch at the Riverview pub. And so it was sort of succulents and, you know, lots of colour, purples, pinks, mauves. But no, I mean, I'm sure I've actually done far better weddings than my own because I think there is a little bit of stress behind it. Mm. So it was, I, and I kept it fairly simple because on the day I was obviously busy getting married or, you know, preparing for that. So I had to trust, put the trust in my friends to sort of set everything up. So mm. it was difficult for me to let go of the control because mm. I love to do everything. You know, I want people's weddings to be perfect um, because I know how much it, it it means to someone on the day for everything mm. to go right. Mm. So take me through that, that <laughs> journey. I, I'm fascinated by, first of all, that conversation you were having with a friend in London mm. and then coming back and you really did throw yourself into the deep end. You, you obviously did the right research and you figured out what course you need to do mm. and then going through the process of having a little bit of experience. But it must have been quite nerve-wracking setting up a business in a retail store because obviously there's a lot of um, outlay. You've got, yeah. to, you've got to purchase a lot of things to, to make the store start up. Sure. You've got signage issues, yeah. advertising. Oh, God, and did we have signage issues? Oh. 
<laughs> well, yeah, all those stuff I was, you know, all that stuff I was doing from from nothing. You know, I really, I, I didn't really know anyone in the business world. None of my family members had, had ever embarked on this journey. So how did you find out what to do? Did you just ring people I, up and go, I want to do this? I love researching. You know, yeah. I really like researching. That's the thing. This is yeah. the thing about people who embark on a, a new or a left turn of their career is you've got to have that research mm. skills to be able to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I sort of narrow um, options to the best you know, to the best decision that, that I think is, is viable for my, for my business. So even with signage, you know, we sort of, I looked around, I searched around my, um, my ex partner at the time was a graphic designer. So he actually came up with all my logo. He helped me put together my website. Uh, when we, when we parted ways, I took ownership of all of that. So when it came to the signage, I think we actually got somewhere from Melbourne. We actually got it delivered by hmm. courier. He had to buy a special gun thing from Bunnings to actually you know, clip it onto the um, awning that was mm-hmm. on the on the shop front, but you know everything. There's always little little hicks, little little problems that you encounter with all that sort of stuff. Um, furnishings, you know, I sort of looked on Gumtree. I found bits and pieces around the street. You know, it was sort of eclectic stuff, but it worked in a florist because I think you can have. You know, you're showing off the flowers, not the furniture mm. in a way. Mm. And it's that distressed look, isn't it? That people yeah, always talk about. Organic and yeah. rustic. Rustic. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> broken. No, just. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. When I had the shop, it was actually a little bit of a flower gift shop. So at that time, I was art of the flower, flowers, gifts, art. So with my mother being an artist and a couple of friends being jewellery designers. Oh, you could put things on the I wall had, and you could yeah, sell their stock. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was a, you know, it was a reasonably good sized shop. So I didn't want to fill it with flowers because, again, that's a, a, a cost issue. Mm. You need to sell those flowers. Mm. I also had a fridge. You know, I rented the fridge to start off with. Now I own it. Um, so I looked at ways to minimise the startup costs mm-hmm. so I didn't go broke mm-hmm. and um, and slowly built it from there. So it was a lot of hiring rather than buying, mm. um, a lot of picking up things, you know. And really, as you said, researching and making sure you were getting the best deal for yeah, each of those absolutely. things. Yeah, absolutely. What was your lead-in time? I mean, not from when you stepped off the plane and mm. finished your TAFE course, but when was your lead-in time from when you saw the shop, realised that that was the space mm. and before you opened? What would realistically um, be that time It was probably frame? about three months, actually. So I, I, I had Were a- you outlaying for rent at that time? Uh, yes, I was. No, actually, I think I got a deal on the uh, rent. I think we had a, a three-month rent-free period for awesome. a two-year contract. Great. So I found the space. I was actually ideally looking in Glebe. I thought Glebe would be a great place for a florist. So that was also the research that went into it, which I learned from my TAFE studies. You know, we had to actually put together a business plan for the for the year. I wonder if they still before. teach that as part of... Well, actually, you're, you're a TAFE teacher. I know. So do they still teach those, that business acumen as part um, of the course? I would hope they do, but I think they actually bring in sort of contract workers. I don't think they've actually got a florist teaching the floral side of business mm. as yet. I mean, I'd be happy to you step could do in. It. Yeah, exactly. because I, you know, Experience I've, I've learned wonders. so much over the years. So yeah, it was about three months of setting up the shop, um, working out, you know, how to get myself online. You know, that's the main thing. You've got to, you've got to be there up with Google. You've got to get on the social media. Social media was, you know, it was around, but it wasn't as uh, in high demand as it is now. Instagram, mm. I don't even think was really there yet. Mm-hmm. So I was Facebook junkie and then later became an Instagram junkie and then a Pinterest junkie. You know, there's so many free ways you can advertise your business. Um, free, we- hang on a second, let's just take a step back there. Free, but it costs well, your time. time. sure. <laughs> but I mean, I'm taking, you know, I, I'm a little budding photographer as well. So I'm taking flat photos of my um, work as it is because I actually, when I 
when someone orders a, a bunch of flowers to be delivered to a home, I actually take a photo of the design once it's finished and on completion of delivery, I send that client the photo of their of their design just yeah. so they can see that what they've been given because often customers might not, you know, the recipient might not take a photo when it's done. So I sort of use that image. I play, post that here, post that there. And weddings, I mean, the, the photography is so beautiful that clients actually send me their photos, which, you know, they're, they're happy for me to load up. Everyone wants to be famous online mm. some way or another. So. Exactly. And it's a good way to integrate all those skills that you were speaking about mm. leading into this career. You know, the research skills, obviously, you've got the acumen, the business acumen. I don't know where that's come from because you've obviously, because he says, you said that wasn't in the family, but you've, do you've done that very well. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously tying it in with the education side of things and tying it in with customer service. So yeah. it sounds as if that first part of your journey has been really successful. Yeah, it has. Um, look, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about working with colour in your working environment and how to spruce it up and, and uh, not necessarily just grab your corporate colours and those exact type of flowers yep. or anything like that, but maybe sort of looking at different colour workings. You're listening to Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this short break. So we'll talk a little bit more about colours. Mm-hmm. Colours. Now, My I have, favourite subject. I have no sense of colours at all. Um, I have no design creativity. I have, yeah. No, you put they? together a good outfit this yeah, morning, though. No, <laughs> but I've been wearing the same outfit for two years. <laughs> so how do you spruce up and bring life into what is often a vacant, dead, beige, mm. if you're lucky, you've got natural light office? Mm. Because so many times, and I, I find myself doing this, I move into an office space, I go, A, I'm not exactly sure how many, how long I'm going to be there for, but it's crazy not to put things up on the wall. Yeah. It's crazy not to bring some life into the office. So what's an immediate fix? For those of you who are sitting in your office right now looking around, you're going, blah, it's so drab, it's so boring, I'm sick of looking at the same thing. What's a good immediate fix? Immediate fix is get online to artoftheflower.com.au. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a call. Let me come in and have a look at the space. Because, I mean, I'm all into feng shui and things like that. I think you can't help being a florist. So and- this is what an interior designer and feng shui expert might be able to do is yeah. is kind of look at the space around you see what's needed i mean you could you could also match to your corporate colors you know if that's something you'd want to um mine are blue okay so there's limited there's limited blue flowers but no you probably wouldn't want blue flowers you know on a weekly basis anyway um but with with offices that don't really have a lot of natural light i wouldn't suggest a living plant because it's going to need natural light unless you're happy to take it out on your lunch break with you as like a little a little a little pet no the the plant's going to suffer we, you know us humans we need natural light too so weekly or fortnightly flowers in winter is manageable because it's cooler um and it's something that i can obviously look into to to just bring some vibrancy and some some of nature indoors. So, so realistically, if you don't have natural light, you're not going to have something that's going to survive. No, no. I think in that sense, you'd like a nice flower arrangement that gets replenished by me. You don't even have to do a thing. Maybe just top it up with water because flowers mm. get thirsty like mm. us. Mm. Um, and I actually choose appropriate flowers. So I choose longer lasting flowers such as natives and tropicals. No necessarily roses or gerberas or possibly not even lilies. Lilies get quite messy once they open up. That, that pollen. That stains. That it pollen pollen it stains, stains, doesn't it? it and some stains. people are allergic to it They're as well. Allergic, yeah, it's overpowering. Oh, and that's something else we should mention as well in terms mm. of work health and safety. I'm just going to put my admin hat <laughs> up now. Please make sure that the people around you in the office space 
uh, you, you need to check with them if they've got any allergies. Yeah, just sure. out of consideration. Yeah. Um, not that it needs to be a thing, but just, you know, if they say to you, I'm going to die if you bring in. You're going to have a sneezing this. attack. Yeah. And I won't be able to come to work. On, I'm going to sneeze on top of you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Don't bring in the flowers. Um, so, I mean, flowers are, are, are an easy one, but what about people who might not have the, the budget to do yep. weekly weekly flowers? What would be so something you the, could You suggest? could go with a nice potted plant if you've got a little bit of um, natural, natural light, light coming in. And that's, you know, there's a variety of indoor plants that will work well within offices. Honestly, flowering um, plants don't last as well as, you know, yeah, green. Yeah, your, your African violets, they just like no, five minutes, No, look, they're, they? they're little Mother's Day ideas that will last a couple of weeks um so you'd be looking at things like peace lilies beautiful ferns um succulents succulents i love succulents succulents are great aren't they and do I, they need a lot of natural light though uh look they need a little they're they're pretty hardy and mm. they actually don't need much water so if you're a plant killer like many I mean, of us out there me, you would li- you would like succulents even cacti i can kill a rosemary bush oh no I have killed a rosemary bush. I'm terrible. Oh, wow. Well, I, I need to teach you some things. <laughs> and I, I've actually started exploring, you know, other ways to, to showcase succulents. So you've, everyone's probably seen those terrariums where the succulents are sort of in a nice glass, in a glass vase yeah. with pebbles and things like that. Yeah. I've started actually making kokodamas, which are Japanese-style hanging plant. So they actually don't require any um, container. So they're purely sort of working in their, that organic material and it can be tied with string. You can hang it up over your desk somewhere. And it's just really fun and, and funky. Mm. It's quite um, inventive. Mm. So there's there's many things you can do to brighten up a dull office. And sure, stick some stick some pictures up of flowers on the wall too. Pictures up if of you're flowers. Really, if you're working in a dungeon, mm. find some photos no, I have to of say, flowers. I, I'm, I'm quite anti-plastic flowers. For a couple of reasons. Oh, a fake, yeah. Yeah, they, well, for starters, it's just really bad for the environment mm. to use plastic. Yeah. But also the fact, it just starts to look really old. They do they fade. They dusty. Yeah. They actually go dusty. Yeah. They dust them. Look, I'm not a big fan of artificial flowers. I actually use them in things like flower crowns. So when you, you know, flower crowns are all the rage these days and, you know, I do flower crown workshops, which I just love, love um, teaching. But if you wanted a flower crown that will last forever, so you can wear it any time you go to a party or the races or just popping down the shops, there's actually some some pretty cool looking uh, fake flowers that work well in flower crowns. Oh, okay. Because you're not sort of seeing the stems. You know, it actually can pass often as a real flower. But when you see a, and there's there's a lot of businesses. Westfield. Yeah, the fake flower arrangements. There is something quite tacky. And I think because you know that they're fake, I mean, maybe some people will think they're real. They don't have that essence. There's no soul there. Mm. So it's it's pretending to be flowers. And that is something that's really lovely about bringing in uh, something live into the place that you're working in, apart from yourself, but you may have <laughs> you may have died. Um, it, it's nice to sort of bring in that that life, that soul yeah. of the colour as well. And um, and talk to me a little bit about shape and texture as well, because obviously colours are important and we're all quite aware of colours with, with, with being in the, the small business world mm. and what balances things out. But but if you can't put colours up on your wall and potentially if you can't put pictures up on the wall, mm. um, what else can you do to, you know, liven things up, maybe in terms of shape or What's, or what's left? What's yeah. left? Look, there's actually, uh, you know, ornamental things you can get. There's mm. a shop called Kosh, K-O-C-H. It's mm-hmm. out in Auburn. That's, that's sort of where us florists buy our bits and pieces. They sell all kinds of things. They sell beautiful little, um, I think they're called rattan balls. So they're organic looking that you might be able to use in, in various ways. You could actually make an arrangement, not in fake flowers, 
not in real flowers, but you could use a bunch of maybe sticks and, you know, organic looking products that aren't going to affect anyone. They're going to last forever. I've seen, I went to an office once in the city and rather than having a Christmas tree, they had this, it basically looked like someone had pulled it out of their garden. It was quite a big funky looking twig. Oh, yeah. Um, And what they'd done is they'd got uh, little things to hang on the tree. Yeah. And I'm not a. I'm still having that great debate with my husband about whether or not Christmas trees are better to be, you better to have a recycled plastic one for mm. ten years or a live chop one that you a, chop down every yeah. every year. I'm still confused about what where to sit with that one. Mm. Um, but you know what? What was nice is that it could reuse this over and over again, yeah. and it was it kind of had that organic textural feel. Yeah. Well, so I actually made good. I made for my um, regular clients a couple of hairdressers that I do, and every Christmas I do something a bit different. So I. I I vary it so it's you know getting the same sort of Christmas arrangement. So for last Christmas, I made out of tortured willow, which is a, a stick um, that is sort of really climby and spaghetti-like. Mm-hmm. I actually curved them into wreaths. Mm-hmm. So I had say one, maybe four different size wreaths moving up to a point. Oh, like and then, my, yeah, and then right. I used the like a pyramid. The, yeah, like a pyramid. And then I used the um, the chunkier part of the tortured willow because it gets thinner towards the end. And that's how I made sort of the actual pyramid itself. And I tied all the little wreaths on to the to the sticks. And then I hung um, Spanish moss, which you probably have seen around. It's it's also called old man's beard. Mm-hmm. It grows like crazy. It has an interesting root system where it doesn't need anything. Just needs some water. I hung those. Um, I had moss on the bottom. I hung uh, little actual decorations. And then there's some other flowers that you can get from the markets that don't actually need water. So billy buttons, they're yellow. They look like wool. They look sort of like hard wool, bright yellow, little balls. Um, Strelingia, which again is smaller balls, which the, the growers actually spray a variety of colours. There are other flowers that don't need water. Strelingia, billy buttons, and then you can come up with some fabulous shape to sort of display them. So there's many things you can do to create a, a beautifully natural, organic scene. You know, yeah, without having to home. have the, the bright, flowery Yeah, and if you're colours. environmentally friendly, you don't have to chop down trees <laughs> or, or buy fake fake trees to make it appear homely. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really snazzy idea. I presume that your Instagram account would have lots Instagram of Instagram would be, yes, yes, options. yeah. I would have taken pl- plenty of photos. And I, oh, I actually put on little fairy lights on these as well. That's a lovely yeah. idea in terms of texture and light and vibrancy. So at night time when people would walk past the hairdresser, mm. they would just see that there's something, there's a little glimmer of sparkle in there. So yeah, hop, hop online to my Instagram page, which is Art of the Flower, uh-huh. and just backtrack you know, yeah. a few months, I guess now, Christmas. And, and see, and see what ago. other options are there. Yeah. So it's not just about having a pot of flowers in the in the office or even a living plant. There's no. lots of different things you oh, can do absolutely. with organic material. Yeah, I love using funkier. sticks and bark and, you know, things that are sort of around us, but you never really think, oh, this could, this could work into just some kind of Just channel your inner creative. Because yeah. <laughs> it will make a difference because if nothing else, it's... It's almost like our sight lines when we're working in an office environment become very boxy, mm. they're very perpendicular, everything is a straight line and that goes against... The grain. Well, yeah. We live, the earth is round. Everything yes. in the universe and is actually is round. Flat. Nothing is perfectly no. flat in the, in the no. organic world. And I think working with technology as well, like I sort of, I cover my TV when I'm not using it with a, with a nice um, sarong. 
because I've got this thing that this big black void in the lounge room is causing some kind of brainwave issue. I don't know. Call I me don't crazy. mind that idea. But yeah, I, 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 and it's something colourful then you get to look at. It sort of becomes an artwork rather than a big black square in your lounge room. Yeah. So I think with all this technology that's constantly around us, you know, our phones, we're, we're addicted to our computers, our phones, our TV, you need to balance it out with nature. And if you don't have the time to actually go exploring bushwalking on the weekend which i highly advise you do mm-hmm. you need you you know you need to have that connection with um with nature in other ways yeah yeah and and, and connecting with it on in the office environment is, is a great yeah, way to do it yeah sure it would make you work better tell, mm. tell the bosses that mm. It'll increase working increase productivity, <laughs> increase productivity yeah. just calmness yeah have a little um fish tank maybe and yes. a little bit of a waterfall Oh, some trickling nice, may make you want to wee, though. That does it sometimes, yeah. <laughs> And the other thing that we haven't touched on as well, because I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago with, with my listeners, is uh, is the importance of keeping everything quite colourful and bright and airy and lively mm. for mental health. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, everyone sort of says, oh, you must love being a florist, working with flowers all day. You know, it must be so good for the soul. You are very cheery. cheery. I am pretty cheery. I, I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think... Yeah, I, and I, I put that to working with nature. I mean, it is it is a lovely um, profession that I have. I wouldn't give it up for anything. I think I'll be doing it to the day I die. And I think having my business, it's transformed over the years. I mean, obviously, I've gone from shop to studio. I've um, developed teaching floristry, which I really love. I love mm. being able to share my knowledge and pass that on. Um, so people can do this at, at home or, or pass that on to people, you know, their children, their children's children. So I think there's something very nurturing about it, working with my hands. I mean, like I mentioned, my my mum was an artist. She's a painter. I, I studied art, but I sort of wasn't ever really sure where my talents really lay. I sort of loved sculpture and I love photography. And I think somehow floristry actually does combine those elements. You know, it's, it's actually very difficult to take photos of flowers because they can look quite flat. So... You know, just another point, if you ever do want to take some photos of flowers, do it outside. Take your arrangement outside where there's natural light. The, mm. the, the fluorescents don't do anything for those They flatten colours. out the colours, yeah, wouldn't they? they? Do. Yeah, But, yeah, it's definitely, the, the, it brings out the nurturing side for me. Um, and I think, although there are some pressures with weddings and time demands and Valentine's Day, uh, I think for me, working out of a studio from my home, I'm relaxed because I'm in my home environment. You know, I've got my studio set up just how I like it. I've got my music on, my Triple H on, of course. Um, (laughs) And I'm calm and I'm at peace. And I think the flowers can sort of sense that. I mean, we're all all sort of energies, plants, flowers. We've all come from from the same ground. Mm. So I think there's um, some, some connection with that. Mm. And connection with colour and life. Oh, and, yeah. And I love colour. I mean, mm. you've seen me before with my unicorn roots that I had a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, you ago. did too. I'm, ba- I'm back to pink now. Back so I've just pink. got a nice soft pink in my, in my hair colour at Amy's the Amy's very colourful, <laughs> by the way, everyone. You can't see that on radio, <laughs> but, but she's very, very colourful. I can't wear black. I put black on the other day and I had to, I was going out somewhere in the city. And Funeral? I, I, no. <laughs> and there was a, you know, a Venice or something on the way and I, I had to pop in and buy a new top to put on my black top because I, I felt like withdrawn I felt pale and I thought no I need some color what am there I doing there are no black flowers no there isn't there's a very dark red rose but it's not black and there's there's a bit of foliage there's actually a foliage called dark night and it's a very deep burgundy 
No, no, no black flowers. No. That's something to be said. Mm-hmm. Something in that for Absolutely. all of us. Absolutely. Um, we're going to take a quick break here on Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after the break talking a little bit, of Amy, about um, sharing your expertise with small business listeners, bringing in the journey from beginning to end, and then how to uh, just bring that little bit of life into your office. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. Well, that sounds absolutely fabulous. So make sure you check out Art of the Flower, everyone, to find out about the upcoming workshops and, of course, um, Amy's wonderful expertise when it comes to your office, your home, your wedding, your events, whatever it is that you need. So thanks so much for coming oh, on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. It's good fun. It's been awesome and colourful and I have to go and look at my office again <laughs> and fix it. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week on Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM.